you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, happy March. We are inching our way closer and closer to spring. Thank goodness. So here where I live in Indianapolis, I'm actually recording this on a 70 plus degree day in March, which I'm here to tell you is pretty rare in Indiana in March. Uh, We tend to still get some pretty bad weather and pretty much guaranteed that we'll have yet another snowstorm on the way. It likes to come sometimes in early April, just when you think it shouldn't be coming, um, just to give you one last little punch of winter before spring arrives. So um, I hope that the weather is turning better wherever you live, or you at least have some trips planned like we do. I'm getting ready to head to Orlando for a business retreat on Monday. So I'll already be there when this recording goes up. And of course, it's supposed to be 90 degrees when I'm in Orlando. I was hoping it would be back to the perfect Miami weather of about 80 degrees, but it looks like we're going to get there during a heat wave. And I'm planning to explore Epcot on my own for the very first time. I've never been to any Disney park on my own, but I'm going on this business retreat um, without my family. And it happens to be in Orlando. And I've always wanted to just spend as much time as I wanted doing the things I like to do in Epcot because no one else in my family really loves to delve too much into the countries. So I'm going to spend Monday checking that out. So I'll be sure to report back on what Disney World is like in March 2022, Um, but looking forward to to having that time by myself. It'll be a unique experience, even if it's 90 degrees. So um, this week, I wanted to talk about my recommendations for how to kind of get settled when you're visiting a destination for the first time. And of all the trips that we've taken, um, I realize I kind of settle into a pattern. My family sort of has a pattern that we now follow when we're going somewhere new and different. And we just went to Miami and that was someplace we had never been. And so I kind of watched us follow the same pattern. And I thought I would share with you kind of what we like to do because it has worked well for us. We've sort of developed this process over time and it might help you as you're heading to a new destination this year. And I have to say, like, I still sometimes am a little nervous when we go to someplace I've never been. It's one of those things like um, I'm a creature of habit. And so to go somewhere where I don't know what to expect, I don't know what the area is going to be like. I don't know if we're going to like it or not does always make me a little nervous. So knowing that we have this system in place um, gives some kind of familiarity and to the process. So I just wanted to share that with you. So 
what I would recommend first is before you go, um, do some planning. And I've said before, I'm not a big planner, but I'm trying to become better at planning because I have found when I do plan that generally we have a better experience um, and we get to do more things. And I, I really think it's going to be important this year to plan ahead or you literally things are going to be booked. So plan ahead um, in terms of what to do. So I recommend if you can find anyone that lives in the destination where you're going or who goes there often, ask them what they like to do there that they think tourists don't know about. And I remember doing this when we were headed to San Francisco and I got the recommendation to go to Coit Tower. And that was a great one. And it was um, a fantastic view of San Francisco. And it, it's probably something that we might have passed by if we had just looked at the things to do in San Francisco. We might not have done that if it hadn't been recommended. Um, and it was really, really fun. And like, so we got some beautiful views and some great photos of the lovely city of San Francisco. So I do recommend asking that question, ask them where they like to eat. Like what are some local hot spots that tourists may not know about? This will give you great information. Another place you can do this is on TripAdvisor. So you can look and see um, in your destination like I will sometimes look and see what are the top restaurants in the area or like we particularly like Italian. So what are the top Italian restaurants? And I can look at the reviews briefly and see if people think it's recommended or not. You can get a sense of the pricing, you know, as whether it's going to fit in your budget or not. And then you can map those out. So I like to put things um, on a Google document. That's kind of the simplest thing for me to do is to just kind of start mapping out our itinerary. And I can just make a list of here are some potential restaurants that we might want to check out when we're there. Because I remember many years ago, my husband and I going to New York City and we got so frustrated because we didn't know where to eat. And we kept feeling like we were ending up in all the tourist traps that weren't good. And it was mostly because we didn't do our research ahead of time, because you know how many gazillion of good restaurants are there in New York City. And that's what was so frustrating. We knew that was the case, but somehow we just couldn't seem to happen upon them. Um, so TripAdvisor can be great for that. It's also good to, like if you're looking to do a tour of some sort, to get see what other people had to, what they thought about the tour and if they recommend it or not. And um, if you're a member of Families Fly Free, something you can do is post in our community and get feedback from other members. Um, so we had someone recently who was heading to Denver and was going to a Rockies game. And so they were uh, able to ask and members who live in Denver or go to Denver frequently were able to weigh in with a local's perspective of how to get around and where to eat and some family-friendly things to do. So that's a good option as well um, inside the membership. So once you've planned ahead, you are flying to your destination. I always like to also have in my Google Maps on my phone already the address of the hotel. Um, and I have it saved or starred inside my Google Maps so that it's very easy for me. As soon as we land, I can turn on my um, cell phone and I can um, get service and I can start to map out, particularly if we're going to get a car rental, I can have that ready to go ahead of time. 
So we have directions because we found one of the most frustrating things about traveling over the years is not knowing where we are going. And so the more I can eliminate some of that frustration ahead of time, the better. So I've learned to just have that ready to go. And if you're going to be taking an Uber or a Lyft, you can go ahead and um, have the address ready to go, plug it into whichever one you prefer. I always like to check both and see which one is cheaper. Um, and and you'll be off and ready to go when you get your Uber or your Lyft, or you can go ahead and call them so you can head to your hotel. All right. So once you get to your hotel, the first thing I like to get in the room, unpack, um, but I like to head back down and just kind of get a sense of the hotel first. So I like to see where is the pool? Is there somewhere I can walk around the hotel? Is um, Do I need to leave the hotel and walk around the neighborhood? Where do I get towels if there's a pool? Where is the beach? How do we get breakfast? All these kind of things kind of get that. Or where's the uh, laundry room? That's a big one for me. I love to be able to do laundry when we're traveling. That is saves us from having to pack so much. And it's just nice to not have to come home with tons of dirty clothes. So I like to get the lay of the land for the hotel when we get there. Then the next thing I like to do is to understand the neighborhood. Um, and so when we were in Miami, the hotel itself wasn't very big. So that was easy enough to navigate. We did need to figure out the pathway to get to the beach. And then there's the kind of the walking path along the beach and between the hotels and the beach in Miami. And so it was, uh, I learned that uh, Starbucks, which I always like to frequent was just a couple of hotels down to the right and, you know, how to kind of get to Starbucks. So that's, I actually really like it doesn't have to be Starbucks. It can be anything. You can find the, whatever the local coffee shop is, but that sort of gives me a reason to get out into the destination, into the city and to kind of feel a part of it. But yet there's something familiar about going to Starbucks because I have my drink that I like and um, Starbucks itself is familiar anywhere around the world. So it gives you some sense of familiarity, but it's also putting you out into your destination. So it allows you to explore um, a little bit. So I always like to find my nearest Starbucks and how, you know, get out and walk to it. And it's fun sometimes to get up in the morning and work there because again, you start to feel a little bit apart, more part of the community by doing that. So I like to check out, you know, the area around me, like again, where's Walgreens? If I need a drugstore, you know, is it a safe neighborhood for me to go out and walk? Where can I walk? Cause I really like to walk. So I tend to be the first one up in my family. So I may get up and take a walk while everybody else is waking up and, and getting ready to go. So next is get the lay of the land of the neighborhood, of the area around it um, after you check out the hotel. Now, so that might be day one, right? After you've arrived on your flight and that's sort of some low key things that you can do. Um, maybe you want to head out and um, stock up on some you know, some drinks. You can always have one who drinks milk. So we might, you know, try to get some milk if we have a fridge in the room. Um, some of our favorite drinks to have in the refrigerator, a couple of snacks. If we didn't bring any with us, we can do that all on the first day. Now, the next day, if you, if again, a brand new destination, if you want to get a quick sense of all the different major attractions or things to see in this destination or this city, we really like big bus tours. A lot of people make fun of these, right? Because the tourists are all on the bus and it looks ridiculous and you're looking through a bus window. But we have done these in many cities now. We've done it in New York. We've done it in Paris. We've done it in San Francisco. 
Um, and, and we just recently did it in Miami. And I think we've done it in more places than that, that I'm forgetting, but the big bus tour, you can sit on the top. So if it's nice weather, you're actually outside in the air and you're on the top, which actually gives you an interesting view, particularly if you're in a city of buildings and the architecture that you would not notice at ground level. And so I really appreciate that. And the big bus tour is going to hit all the major attractions in your destination, and it's going to give you an idea of where you might like to stop and spend some more time. And, you know, the way they operate, they do stop at each major attraction and you can get off and spend as much time there as you want and just wait for the next big bus to come along. Or you can just do the bus tour in its entirety and then come back at a later time, you know, for any places that you'd like to explore. But it does take care of your transportation instead of taking an Uber or driving your rental car to a particular attraction, you just get on the big bus, get off and on it wherever you want. We also did, there's trolley tours in a lot of cities too. And I have written about that for some of my US News and World Report articles. We did one in Santa Barbara that was really fun. Um, that was same type of thing as a big bus. You're not in the open air, you're not on the top of it, um, but it was at a cute little trolley and they gave you a lot of history. That's another reason why I like these. I'm a real history buff. So I really love to like know about the places that I'm visiting. I want to know all the little details and all the little interesting stories and all the things that happened here. Um, that's all very interesting to me. And so they really gave you a lot of that on the Santa Barbara trolley tour. And they also do on big bus. You, they have earphones that they give you when you get on, you can plug in if you want to, and you can listen to the narrated tour. And sometimes they'll have a live tour guide who narrates it for you as well. Sometimes it's a recording, sometimes it's live. Um, so that's a great option we found, again, to just to get the lay of the land of the city and even understand where things are and how the city itself is laid out. Like that was great for Paris to understand the left bank and the right bank and where different things were, um, where Sacré-Cœur is and where Montmartre is and um, all of that. And in Miami, we were able to see, we wanted to see Little Havana and we wanted to see Wynwood Walls, which is an area of the city known for these just plentiful, colorful, amazing murals with um, some of the most famous graffiti artists painting murals in this area. And again, I've written about that, so I knew I wanted to see it. And um, so we were able to hit both of those on the big bus tour. And then we decided to get off in Little Havana and we spent um, some time just walking around that area, having a quick bite to eat and just experiencing it. And I remember doing that in San Francisco. We did that in the Haight-Ashbury area. We really wanted to get off there and explore. And we actually happened upon Steve Carell filming a movie at that time when we were there. Um, my husband loves the record store there. I forget what that's called, but so he wanted to spend some time in there. So that's just, you can get off and spend as much time as you want and just make sure usually they're done, you know, by five or something you get, can catch the last one around five or six. So make sure you understand that. And they do have night tours as well. And sometimes you can package um, like a boat tour or something like that with them. One other tip I have for you about these kinds of tours is check Groupon uh, because Groupon often has a discounted price. So when we were in Miami and we really hadn't planned ahead that we necessarily wanted to do a big bus tour, we kind of thought we were just going to sit at the beach for a few days, but then our boys got bored after day one at the beach 
beach during them. My husband and I could have definitely sat on the beach for a few more days. So we decided, okay, we need to go out and see something. So that's when we decided to do the big bus tour. Um, and I looked on Groupon and it was $20 less per person on Groupon than if I had just paid the price to go direct to big bus tour. And we actually, you know, looked at, um, they had a kiosk at one area, a shopping area in Miami. And, you know, compared to the price of if we had booked it there. So that was a significant savings. And you actually can group on is in a lot of the airline shopping portals. So um, it's usually in the Southwest shopping portal. So if you start in that shopping portal, you can earn, you know, a couple of points per dollar on what you pay for your group on in Southwest points, and you can save, you know, 20 or whatever dollars per person, which was pretty significant. So be sure you check that. So that's how we like to kind of get overview of the city. And then we may at a later time, it might be on a future trip, or if we have time on that trip, we may um, you know, come back to a particular place and spend more time there on a different day. Now, the last thing that I wanna recommend is seeing a city by water. We love to get out on the water and it's a whole different perspective of the city. And I was determined we were definitely going to see Miami by water because I think that is really one of the best ways to see it. You want to get out and see all these different man-made islands, the Venetian islands they have there that's in between downtown and South Beach where all these, you know, celebrities live or have had homes there. And one home I think was $150 million home, which is just mind-blowing. I don't even understand how how it cost that much. Like they were lovely homes, but I can't imagine it being worth $150 million. But um, that was a great way to understand Miami and to get out and see those islands and to see South Beach from a different angle, to see downtown from out on the water. And we did, um, this time we did a thriller boat ride, which I have never done. Again, I have written about those many times. And so I've always wanted to do that. I've always loved to be on a speedboat. I think that's a lot of fun. And so Thriller is like a giant speedboat with, I don't know, probably 50 at least to 60 people, seats for 50 to 60 people on it. And so they take you fast to some of these destinations, super fun. They play, you know, adrenaline pumping music as you're going, they make all these fun turns and you get a little bit wet and, you know, not super wet, but a little bit wet was really, really fun. And that is on, was on Groupon too. Um, and later I noticed you could have packaged big bus with the thriller tour and saved even more that way. So be on the lookout for, um, if you can package things up too, but, um, other cities where we have done, um, tours on the water, which were amazing, which I highly recommend, um, San Francisco for sure. We took, um, more of a traditional boat tour, like a dinner cruise, I would say, um, underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. And that is amazing to be able to go under it and see it from the water. And, and this was one where they had dinner and they had uh, a DJ and dancing and that kind of thing. It's fun. Um, we've also done that in New York City um, with our kids. And so you can go out and see the Statue of Liberty. It takes you under the Brooklyn Bridge um, and you can see you know, the city from the water, which you have to see the New York City skyline from the water. You just can't beat it. And a, a free way to do that is to take the Staten Island Ferry 
um, which is a more a commuter ferry, uh, you can see the Statue of Liberty and you can get out on the water and that's free, I believe. Um, we also, when we were in Brooklyn one time, just took their little local boats to go from um, the different parts of Brooklyn and you get a great view of the New York City skyline uh, doing that too. That There's a small charge for that. It's basically like riding a bus, except it's a boat. Um, so those are different places. We've done boat tour. We did a boat tour in Paris on the Seine at night and it takes you right by the Eiffel Tower, which is beautifully lit up. Uh, and there's lots and lots of boat tours like that in Paris. So that gives you the quick lay of the land. It gives you different perspectives, different views of your destination, of your city. And then you can decide, is this a place that you would want to return again? And we find ourselves, me in particular, I always have my favorites that I like to go back to again and again, but we have to also at the same time mix in some new places too. But you can decide, is this a place we want to come back to again? And if so, where would we like to spend more time? Like maybe you went to Paris and you stayed on the right bank the whole time. You really would love to explore the more artsy left bank side. Um, or maybe you want to you know spend more time in Brooklyn when you're in New York City that's kind of more of the hip trendy you know um, area right now or you know up and coming so that would be my suggestion and then you can have an idea plan your next trip maybe it's next year or in a couple of years and what you would like to do when you see there and this time you don't have to do the big bus tour and you don't have to do you know the kind of getting the lay of the land you'll already have the lay of the land and you'll be able to delve into um an area or uh, you know an activity more specifically um when you're there so i hope that's helpful that's sort of the process that i follow my family follows when we get to a new destination that's worked well for us and we have really enjoyed you know our trips seeing a destination from all these different perspectives i want to remind you that um, i do have a free download that you can get from my website which shares with you the seven hacks that I use personally to fly my family free. So I share some of my inside tips, the process and the, the ways and methods that I have used since 2015 to fly my family free. There's seven of them. Um, so if you would like to get that, you can go to familiesflyfree.com slash seven hacks, and that'll be a great start for you if you're new to flying free, or even if you've been doing it a while and you want to understand kind of what a simpler process might look like that would still allow you to reach the same goals of traveling free and traveling free, perhaps even more than you are now. So check that out, familiesflyfree.com slash seven hacks. All right. I will report back from my trip to Orlando and Epcot. And um, I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you on the next episode. Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my Family's Fly Free program where you get my simple step-by-step -step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.